This video is brought to you by NordVPN. Today, major results from elections and referendums in Australia, New Zealand, Poland and Ecuador. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 16th of October 2023. Voters in Australia on Saturday resoundingly rejected a measure that would have recognised Indigenous people in the country's constitution by establishing an advisory body to Parliament representing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The No campaign won with just over 60% of the national vote, on a turnout of 78%, with every single Australian state and territory voting no. Australia's Labour government, under Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, has been campaigning hard for yes and admitted that losing was hard, with Albanese saying, when you aim high, sometimes you fall short. We understand and respect that we have. The government's Assistant Minister for Indigenous Australians said, We have had many disappointments over decades and centuries, really. We are resilient people and we will take stock. The push to set up an Indigenous advisory body to Parliament, dubbed The Voice, arose out of the 2017 Uluru Statement from the Heart. This was a document created by Indigenous community leaders, setting out a roadmap to improve the position of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who've inhabited the continent for some 60,000 years, and are, by most measures, the most disadvantaged people in the country following centuries of mistreatment. The No campaign, which included the main Conservative opposition party, argued it would divide Australians by race and could have unforeseen consequences. There were, however, Indigenous people on the so-called Progressive No side, who argued the proposal lacked substance and didn't go far enough. Attempts to amend the Australian constitution rarely succeed. Out of 45 such referendums, only eight have been successful, with the most recent success being in 1977. The failure of the voice referendum means Prime Minister Albanese will have to consider how he plans to approach Indigenous affairs going forward now that this central policy has been defeated. The 2017 Uluru Statement called for three things. Voice, treaty and truth. Labour came to power in 2022, having pledged to deliver the statement in full. However, it's not yet clear how or if the government will go forward with a treaty process or truth-telling process. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Nearby, in New Zealand, the country's politics has shifted right after the Conservative opposition National Party won Saturday's election, while the Labour Party suffered a big defeat after six years in power. National won 39% of the vote, up 13 points, while Labour came second with just under 27%, nearly half of the result they achieved at the last election in 2020. In terms of seats, National won 50, which combined with the 11 seats won by their presumed right-wing coalition partners ACT, gives a national-led government 61 seats in the 122-seat parliament, the absolute minimum needed to form a government. It remains to be seen if they decide to seek an agreement with the populist New Zealand First Party, who won eight seats. The results mean that national leader Christopher Luxon will become Prime Minister, replacing Labour Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, who took office just nine months ago when his predecessor Jacinda Ardern resigned unexpectedly. 
As well as losing seats to National, Labour also lost seats to their left, with the Green Party picking up four seats to 14 and the Maori Party doubling their seat share to four. The past six years of the Labour government saw a series of significant events and crises, including the Christchurch mosque shooting in 2019, the Covid pandemic and an economic downturn with historically high inflation. National has pledged to bring down inflation, cut taxes, strengthen law and order and deliver better healthcare and education. Moving to Poland now, where, if exit polls are correct, the country's nationalist right-wing government looks set to lose power, with the three largest opposition parties projected to win a combined majority, signalling a major shift in Polish and European politics. At time of writing, votes are still being counted, but exit polls on Sunday night projected that the ruling Law and Justice Party would win the most seats, 198, but would be unable to secure a majority even with the support of the far-right Confederation Party. Meanwhile, the Liberal Opposition Civic Coalition, led by ex-Prime Minister and former European Council President Donald Tusk, was projected to come second, with the pro-European Third Way coming third and New Left coming fourth. One exit poll projected the three opposition parties to win a combined 248 seats in the 460-seat chamber. Poland, under the Law and Justice Party since 2015, has clashed repeatedly with the European Union over things like the rule of law, media and judicial freedom, migration and LGBTQ rights. Opposition parties have vowed to mend ties with the EU and undo what they describe as democratic backsliding. Donald Tusk told supporters on Sunday night that I am the happiest man on earth. Democracy has won. Poland has won. One exit poll put the turnout at 72.9%, which would be the highest turnout in the history of the Third Republic, according to the Electoral Commission. Even higher than the turnout in 1989, as Poland was transitioning to democracy. We've got a full video on this election coming out on Tuesday on the TLDR EU channel, so be sure to check that out. We look to Ecuador now for our final election story, where 35-year-old banana business heir Daniel Naboa has won the country's presidential election, defeating leftist candidate Luisa Gonzalez by around 52% to 48%. Ecuador's snap election was held amid a surge in gang-related violence, and the campaign was marred by incidents including the assassination of a presidential candidate in August. Naboa was a surprise qualifier for Sunday's runoff after placing second in the first round back in August. His opponent, Luisa Gonzalez, had previously been considered the favourite and had been handpicked by ex-president Rafael Correa, who continues to hold significant political power despite living in self-exposed exile following a corruption conviction. Gonzalez conceded defeat and congratulated Naboa for his victory. Daniel Naboa, Ecuador's next president, is the son of Alvaro Naboa, one of the country's richest men and a five-time presidential candidate. The younger Naboa began his political career only in 2021 and campaigned for president this year on a business and market-friendly platform, with a push to promote youth employment and foreign investment. On security, Naboa has pledged to be tough on crime and has talked about militarising ports and customs and building prison barges at sea. 
But he faces a tough job, particularly because his term will only last around 16 months until 2025, as he's completing the term of outgoing President Guillermo Lasso, who called a snap election and opted not to run again. Ending with some uplifting news now, where in the past couple of weeks there have been two separate breakthroughs relating to the causes and detection of Parkinson's disease. Scientists at the University of Copenhagen have shown that the spread of damaged genetic material in the brain causes symptoms reminiscent of Parkinson's disease and its progression. They hope that detecting the damaged mitochondrial DNA could serve as an early biomarker for disease development. Meanwhile, Australian researchers have shown that it's possible to detect early signs of the disease by injecting patients with a specific synthetic compound, hopefully allowing earlier diagnosis and treatment before too much damage is done. So, while we normally end the daily briefing with an uplifting story, not all of the news we cover is actually that uplifting. Actually, quite a lot of it's quite scary. Fortunately, when it comes to your digital safety, NordVPN has your back. It's an unfortunate reality that online scams and phishing attacks are on the rise, with us constantly bombarded with emails from our banks, social media accounts, and annoying newsletters we forgot we even signed up to. It's easy to click the wrong thing. One weak link can compromise security and bring things crashing down. With the protection of NordVPN, though, you can use their threat protection features to identify potential suspicious links. Even if you did reach a suspicious website, NordVPN's data encryption tools would protect against a number of other attacks, like malicious man-in-the-middle breaches. Even if things do go wrong, NordVPN's dark web monitoring is always scanning for your details and passwords, and can actively notify you before you even notice. Plus, if you sign up to a two-year plan using our link, you'll not only get a massive discount, but you'll also get four extra months totally free. We've been told that sometimes when people hear us talk about NordVPN, they open up a new tab and start searching, but they don't use our link. I'm certainly glad that they do use the service, but you only get the discount and you support the channel through that link. So if you're trying to improve our journalism by signing up for Nord, use our link when you do, and you'll get their great service at a discount.